0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Chris Cast. I'm your host, Chris, and joining me through the Spotify for Podcasters app is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Uh, we're gonna start. We we had a little bit of a technical issue again, because you guys always. But, anyways, we got through that, and now we're starting the show over with the food of the week and. Right now, 7-Eleven has already gotten the jump on it. They're already selling their fall products. 7-Eleven has announced they have a pumpkin spice latte, a pumpkin coffee, and pumpkin syrup. And This is an article from today.com that I have pulled up. It says customers can also double up on pumpkin flavor by mixing in pumpkin flavored syrup to any coffee. According to 7-Eleven, customers have over 3,000 ways to customize their drink to their liking using flavored syrups, creamers, toppings, and more.
1: Um, Chris, yeah. is there a 7-Eleven in Morganton? Yeah. No. I can't think of one in Hickory. The I think the closest one is Claremont. Yeah.
0: I mean, 7-Eleven, you don't see a lot of them throughout North Carolina. They used to be everywhere. Well, in, in my hometown, in Virginia, they
1: they had two of them. And it's smaller than Hickory, so who knows? Yeah, when I lived in Ohio, there was a 7-Eleven on every corner in Akron.
0: I wish we had more 7-Elevens because, you know, as a kid, that was the place to go. Everybody loves Seven Eleven, but But now I'm, I am not a fan of the uh, fall drinks. I'm not a fan of the pumpkin stuff. I don't know why people are so thrilled when the pumpkin stuff comes out. But because Paul makes all kinds of noise over there.
1: Sorry, I had to go a tenth. Paul like makes the- noise for a little bit. No, it's my dad coming in. But but anyways,
0: I, I'm sure you're a big fan of the, the pumpkin stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Give me pumpkin spice, anything.
0: Uh, you can have all of it you want because I won't be drinking any. Mmm. But moving on, if you're going to McDonald's in Canada... They now have a Squishmallows McFlurry.
1: That sounds disgusting.
0: This is from WGNTV.com. It says, Stuffed Animal and Ice Cream fans, a new McDonald's Squishmallows McFlurry has been released. Beginning this month, Canadians can get a Squishmallows McFlurry. The new McFlurry combines vanilla soft-serve ice cream with pink popping candy and blueberry-flavored syrup. Actually, it sounds kind of good. Actually, it does, doesn't it? I mean, as as long as there's no marshmallow crap in it.
1: You know what a Squishmallow is, don't you?
0: It's those pillows in it. The pillow toys. It's
1: like squishies, yeah.
0: But It says Squishmallow toys are reportedly coming to American Happy Meals in more than 70 countries. It's possible the Special McFlurry could be available in
1: the U.S. early next year so why do like, they wait so long to do that why don't they just roll it out company wide it's
0: probably partly licensing issues and the, the deals that are already in place so it just it takes time and plus they may not have the rights to use it in America because somebody else may already have them so who knows yeah I mean, there's any number of reasons it could be but but since we've talked about flurries on McDonald's let's talk about Baskin Robbins this is from their website the story behind game night ice cream and quite honestly it sounds pretty good it says in the snack packed scoop really does make the dream work When salted caramel ice cream teams up with M&M's minis, crunchy buttered popcorn flavored clusters, and a sweet but savory caramel pretzel flavored swirl. Tell me you wouldn't try it.
1: I would try it, but that's a lot of sweetness. That's why you got the popcorn clusters in there to, to, to bring you back. Even the popcorn clusters are caramel glazed. No, it's butter popcorn flavored clusters. Oh, I thought it said caramel glaze. It's a
0: sweet but savory caramel pretzel flavored swirl. Oh, okay. And then salted caramel ice cream, which I really wish they'd stop with the salted caramel. Like just go back to plain old caramel.
1: Well, you have you got a choice. You don't have to get the salted caramel. You can get caramel. Well,
0: everything they make anymore is salted caramel. Like this is salted caramel ice cream.
1: You're so I'm high. maintenance. You. Do you hear me? What? You're so high maintenance. <laughs> no, it's, it's <coughs> you're not making an
0: extra step in making the caramel. You're leaving out the salt.
1: I actually love the salted caramel.
0: See, I prefer the regular caramel. One, it's not as bad for your blood pressure. And two, it's well, you, tasty.
1: Well, you can get caramel ice cream, at you know, anywhere. But
0: what I'm saying is everything they're making anymore, it's the salted caramel. There's nothing new
1: regular caramel. Yeah, there is. I mean, even not my, a- my honey supermarket out here has dulce deliche ice cream. That's
0: old. That's not new. I'm saying what? new
1: products. What else are you wanting to do with
0: caramel ice cream? That's so, It's salted caramel ice cream in this instead of just caramel ice cream. That's my point. Oh. Bigelow,
1: salted caramel tea bags, but I can't find caramel tea bags in it. Well, maybe they're wanting you to just give in, Chris.
0: I'm not a salt fan. Like When I cook, I use salt in the recipe. I don't add salt to anything. If it's not already in there, I don't use it. So you don't salt and pepper your eggs? I don't salt anything. I don't use pepper at all unless it's in a recipe. I don't like pepper. Okay. So yeah, it's it's literally... Whatever
1: I cook, that's how much salt I get. You don't put pepper on your mashed potatoes? I don't put it on anything. You know it's really good for you. I don't care. I don't put it on anything. It's high in antioxidants. <clears throat>
0: Did you have any food-related items?
1: Uh, I... I was trying to think, I did try something this past week and I need to, I thought I need to remember. Well, Let's go it. for now and see if it hits me later, if then I'll talk about it, it. We'll come back to it. We can always circle back.
0: Okay, but go ahead. I, I was going to move straight into entertainment, but, you know, we need to talk about disgraced former guy for a minute. You know, he, he lost the, the rape and defamation case against Gene Carroll. So what happened? he filed a defamation case against Gene Carroll. Like He's already been found guilty by a court of law and now he's claiming she defamed him by saying he raped her. He is pathetic.
1: He's going to lose
0: that. And did you see? Okay, and we're trying this again. For some reason, my system on my side keeps kicking us out so if i'm repeating anything tonight i apologize but we are absolutely trying to get through this but what i was getting ready to say when it cut out the last time was trump made a threatening statement on his truth social and he's been ordered to not discuss the case now and my thought was don't order him to not discuss the case. Let him keep talking about it because he's digging his own hole. Like he is literally proving his guilt with every statement he makes. And- you know
1: what? His his lawyers are literally pulling their hair out right now. Every damn one of them. They're like, shut the hell up. Stop saying anything. This reminds me back, Chris, whenever it's the twenty sixteen election. And they took his phone away from him three days before the election. Wouldn't let him tweet or any do anything. They took his phone away and locked it locked it up. That's what they're going to end up doing to this bastard.
0: I'm just looking. I've got an article pulled up here from the Guardian, and it's a summary. It says attorneys for Donald Trump filed a response to federal prosecutor's request for a protective order. In it, Trump's lawyers asked the judge reject the request. Donald Trump's attempt to countersue E. Jean Carroll, the advice columnist who won a $5 million civil judgment earlier this year after a jury found he sexually abused her, was rejected by a judge. It's another loss for Trump. Ron DeSantis again rejected Trump's false claims about the 2020 election in an interview drawing insults from a spokeswoman for the former president. Aileen Cannon, the federal judge overseeing Trump's trial over the Mar-a-Lago documents, appeared to disclose an ongoing grand jury investigation in a court filing. Ohio will tomorrow vote on whether to raise the bar to to amend the state constitution, part of a GOP-backed attempt to undermine a forthcoming ballot initiative to protect abortion access. And, I mean, this article goes on and on. It's all kinds of, like, timeline here. And it's, and it's all going backwards in this article, I guess, because when they updated it, adds to the top of it. But and, and for those who want to read it, it's the Guardian. Judge dismisses Trump's countersuit against E. Jean Carroll that claims she defamed defamed him live. So, yeah, I mean, it's, he constantly is losing? He's being proven to be the charlatan that he is. And it's it's like I sent on Twitter today, because I refuse to call it the new name, and I still call it Twitter, and I still say that you tweet, even though the idiot that took over the thing in a revenge. Okay, so we're having all kinds of issues. Don't know if it was Storm-related from tonight or what, so we have switched. We are just going to do it through the Facebook Messenger now, so we can keep recording. Because every time we get into it, it takes about, what, two, three minutes, and it cuts out? Yeah. So, So instead, we're going to... Can you hear to, me pretty good? Yeah, I, I can hear you fine through the, the messenger. It's, you're just going to okay. sound like you're talking through a tin can on, on the podcast this week, but, I mean, we're kind of stuck with nothing better we p- can do.
1: I'm going to try my headset, so...
0: Maybe... Maybe the the disgraced former guy and and Elon Musk are after us because we were talking bad about him.
1: Well, is it called Twitter still, or is it called Xing?
0: No, it's it's posting and X. But it's it's Twitter and tweets. I'm sorry, that's what it's gonna be. So it's
1: called X you are posting,
0: yep. not tweeting. Yep, and it's, it's part of him being stupid and trying to change up everything. And So, yeah. What was
1: the reason? Well, I mean, I heard something about... It's, I don't know.
0: They something. made up some lame excuse about changing for the future or something, I don't know. It's, it's just another... I said it was in honor of all the ex-users of Twitter. Because that's a high majority now. What is it? Now, isn't that space company he owns, isn't it part of like X something? SpaceX? Yeah. And that could be that what, what he's doing is just trying to make everything X for that. But I'm sorry, it's stupid. You bought Twitter. You didn't buy X. And yeah. and of course he got into all kinds of trouble for the x on the building that he didn't get the proper licensings for. So San Francisco made him take it down. <laughs> so but I don't even remember where I was going with that initially because we were talking about the the disgraced former guy and and got onto this but So anyways, we'll just move on since we had so many technical difficulties and don't remember where we were. But, shall we get into entertainment? Sure. For what nobody was asking for, Sharknado has now made up a Barbie-inspired poster for their 10th anniversary as they're sending the film to theaters. What? Why would you pay to see this terrible movie?
1: Now I get to look shit up on my phone. I gotta, I gotta
0: see this. Yeah, well, it's I'm on movieweb.com. It says, summary, the original Sharknado film will be screened in theaters on its 10th anniversary, giving fans a chance to see it on the big screen. The film has been fully remastered and will include, quote, hundreds of new special effects, promising more kills, thrills, sharks, and tornadoes. The franchise has been successful due to its escapism and fantasy elements bringing a healthy fear of sharks to life in a different environment. And, quite honestly, it's a terrible movie. It looks like it's going to be August 15th and 16th in theaters. But That looks weird. I just... Yeah, I, I can't begin to figure out why... You would want to pay to see this movie that's so bad.
1: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You said what? They're coming to the theater with it? Yes. I thought this was just like a promo
0: stunt. No, this is going to theaters August 15th and 16th for the 10th anniversary. That's what I've been saying here, Paul. Well, I... Well, I thought that
1: they, they just came up with, like, a promo movie poster just, like, to sell, you
0: know? No. This is I'm actually going go to see theaters. This.
1: Okay. Okay, okay, Chris. Have you ever seen the first Sharknado?
0: Yes, unfortunately. It's the only one Tell I've watched. Truth. It's the only
1: one i ever watched, too.
0: And. It's,
1: it's camp. It's, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say it's campy. Spoiler, it's campy.
0: spoiler alert. At the end. Ian Ziering gets eaten by a shark, and like ten minutes later, chainsaws his way out of the shark. It was stupid.
1: I'm just saying it was campy. It
0: was stupid.
1: I'm not. I'm not saying it was Oscar-winning performances.
0: Nobody is.
1: But you got to think of it. This, you just got to think of it this way. This is this dude played in one of the most successful shows of all time, 90210. I mean it played forever. And here he is cutting his way out of a shark. I mean
0: he was swallowed for like ten minutes.
1: I know, and it's so stupid. But you know what? You know what the sad thing is? The sad thing is there's gonna be people going to see this.
0: Paying to see this. Not just going to see, okay, paying okay, okay. to see this. Okay, okay, okay.
1: I can see the ticket prices maybe being seven dollars.
0: I guarantee you, it'll be a regular ticket
1: price. Oh, there's no way. No one would ever go see that thing for like seventeen dollars.
0: I'm, I'm telling you, I've, let's, let's just see. Um,
1: what, what, what was Sharknado's budget?
0: I have no clue. I mean, it was made for TV, so it couldn't have been extremely high. I'm I'm going to look at Marquee Cinema's website here and see if they have anything for... Uh, they don't go that far. So let's go to Fandango, even though I don't want to use Fandango. Because Fandango I found to be crooks.
1: Okay, the, the budget on Sharknado was $2 million. 2 million There's a ton of Sharknadoes
0: out. Um then their website is terrible too. You can only search by theaters and I'm just trying to see the movie. Like I just want to find out
1: It came out in 2013 in July.
0: Okay, it's Tuesday and Wednesday, August 15th and 16th. The Last Voyage of the Demeter is the only film, well there's, AMC Hickory 15 has Coraline remastered, which will be regular price, and that's an old movie. But no Sharknado so far. Nope. No listing for Sharknado, Pee-Wee's Big Adventure at Asheville Pizza and Brewing Company. Here's Sharknado at Cinemark Bistro at the Carolina Asheville, 7 o'clock on Tuesday night. Let's see if it shows ticket pricing. Now, this is a different kind of theater. It has reserved seating. Let's just see. We're selecting F4. Are you going to reserve a seat right quick? General admission special event, $13.38 on Fandango.
1: There's no way. There's no damn way.
0: And again, that is the Cinemark Bistro at the Carolina Asheville. So yes, it is regular price.
1: Okay, if there's any Millennials listening to this, please forgive me for saying this, but it sounds like only something Millennials would do.
0: Well, I mean, there is a cult following to this stupid movie, but... And there will be people that will see it. I mean, there's a whole reason
1: it. why there's like...
0: There's what, there's seven of them? There's a whole reason
1: why there's like, I believe there's like five or six of them movies, Sharknados. <laughs>
0: I think there's seven of them.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: But but anyways, I won't be going to see it. I won't be watching them. Like, I, I considered watching another one simply because Olivia Newton-John made an appearance in it. But I still not watched it. And you know I love me some Olivia. Yeah. But, moving on, I have to discuss the backlash against Stephen Amell. You know, last week I talked about what a great time I had at GalaxyCon, and his Q&A was fantastic. Well, later that night, more than 48 hours after the fact, people started bad-mouthing him, saying that he was against the strike, making him out to be a horrible person, and this is not the case. He had to go on social media and explain himself when he shouldn't have had to explain himself. Because basically, what I heard from his mouth in the Q&A that I attended was he could not discuss the show he's currently on, and then he went on to say, and his words, I quote here, I support my union, I do. And from there he went on to say that he does not agree with striking, that he thinks it's a bad tactic, he would like other ways to... To make this compromise but he never once said he was against the strike it was he personally does not agree with striking and that is what I got out of it from his Q&A as I attended it live in Raleigh people are trying to say that he is against the strike and twisting his words around Oh, I know what he said. No, you don't know what he said. You're seeing what somebody else told you he said. You're watching clips where they pick out what he said and take it out of context. You didn't hear, if you read it, you definitely didn't hear the tone that it was said in. You didn't get all the information. And if you saw the clips, because I don't believe the full panel has been released to YouTube yet, If you only saw the clips, you didn't get the whole story. I was there, I heard him, he said nothing wrong. He should not have had to explain himself. And like I said, the Q&A was, if I'm not mistaken, it started at 12.15pm on Saturday. I did not see any news on it until late Monday night. And he posted on Facebook on Tuesday.
1: All it took was some stupid person to twist his words.
0: Yep. And like I said, he said nothing wrong. He explained exactly what I heard him say. But people don't want to believe it because they want to hate on everything. And we've got to stop the hate. But I do have an article here pulled up from Yahoo Entertainment where he went on TMZ, and I did not see this interview. There's a a video of it on this, which it says, watch on YouTube, from TMZ, AeroStar Stephen Amell wants SAG something. It trails off at that point, but it said, asked if others have contacted him to express shared opinions. He replied, quote, I've gotten an extreme amount of support. I woke up this morning to 60-plus text messages. I'm not going to say who they are, and they support the union too. So he's not on his own in these thoughts. But, yes, I can see. Like, you, you put yourself in that situation. You're in a union. The union starts to strike. You're barely making ends meet from the pay you get when you're working, and now you're out of work. You know, striking is a bad tactic. There's, you can't spin that and make it good. Yes, they might have to do it because there's no other way to get the point across, but the little guys are the ones getting hurt, which is why Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and all these other people have followed suit with him, donating to the um, SAG fund to cover the expenses of the people who don't make enough to make ends meet. And the residual checks are ridiculous. And, you know... What these,
1: star, what, these star, does, what these stars need to do is stop normalizing getting paid $30 million for a film.
0: But that's not the normal. Like, this, the whole strike is over the people at the bottom of the scale. The ones that are going to get hurt the most. And saying, besides that, the other thing with this strike is the studios want to use AI-generated versions of the people and not pay them for it. And that is wrong. No matter how you look at it, that is wrong.
1: What I'm saying is these headliners like The Rock, you know, Tom Cruise, Who? well, Tom Cruise, he owns his own production company, so he does his own shit, but,
0: okay, take him out of the equation. Um... (coughs) But he's in the equation. He's in SAG. Tom Cruise is a member of SAG. What? Tom Cruise is a member of SAG, so he's still in the equation.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Just let me talk. Just give me a second. These people only gets paid instead of $30 million film, They can easily make it on $5 million and let that money go towards the writers, let that money go towards the cameramen,
0: let that extra money go towards them. See what I'm saying? They could... But they're not going to. And, I mean, it's it's this, the same thing I've said before. If you have the supply and the people have the demand and they're willing to pay for it, it's the same thing with athletes. If If they can demand the money and they can prove that they can make it, then they're worth it. So... So I can see your point, but I can also see how they deserve the money they're getting. Because, you know, 20 years ago, well, 20 years ago, look at Brad Pitt, look at Julia Roberts, look at Sandra Bullock. They were a hit just by having their name in it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there is, there is merit to what they get paid.
1: Did you see what Taylor Swift did
0: for her staff? Yes, I did. And I've defended her to other people online that said, oh, she just did it for a tax write-off. It's like, no, if she just did it for a tax write-off, she wouldn't keep doing it, all these different things that she gives to. Because, you know, we've we've complimented her many times. And this was a bonus to her truck drivers, and I believe some of the stage crew
1: Her dancer, everyone got it. Everyone got bonuses. Her dance crew, her band, everyone.
0: And see, that's not a tax write-off for her. That might be a tax write-off for the tour. (coughs) But it's not personally benefiting her because it's taking
1: money away from her. No. Yeah, it was her own personal money she did. $55 million. But,
0: But, yeah, and... So, you know, I'm, I've never been a fan of her music. I probably will never be a fan of her music. But I'm always going to be a fan of the giving person that she is. As, but people just want to hate her because it's her. And, you know, you can hate her music all you want because I do. But stop dogging her because she's being good. Like, people talk about Elon Musk. like
1: one of the best sol-
0: well, people were She's trying like to the use Elon out Musk out as an, an example against her. Oh, well, he gives all this. I'm like, no, he's literally doing it for a tax write-off because he's the one who fought having the taxes re- or increased on his wealth. So, yes, he was yeah. definitely doing it for a tax write-off. She has never spoken out against a tax increase on her wealth. Not once have I heard her. And, in fact, she has publicly applauded the politicians who want to increase the tax on her wealth. So there's a yeah, huge difference yeah. there. But with that, I got more more bad type news, and you'll you'll really not like this one. This is from Deadline. JK Rowling airbrushed from Pop Culture Museum's Harry Potter display. For quote, transphobic views. And I agree with them for getting rid of her, isn't it? Like, stop celebrating I hateful don't people.
1: Care. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, in my mind, I've disassociated J.K. Rowling from Harry Potter. Well, she. I know she owns Harry Potter, I know that the wizarding world is hers. I know all that. And it's made her billions of dollars. But I'm still not gonna stop loving Harry Potter stuff. I mean well, I'm just not.
0: I just I can't bring myself to buy any Harry Potter stuff because of how horrible she's been. And it's it's just breeding more hate with everything that she says. And you know, I've I've been using one story to really irritate the people that are against the transgender people. They, they applaud Bud Light losing money because of the transgender can, right? Yeah. When you tell them that Donald Trump is the reason that a transgender person can win the Miss Universe pageant, they stop talking they have no defense and they literally shut up
1: but that just defies their logic you do know that don't you
0: well he is the reason that a transgender person can win and they support him <laughs> he literally well, made he it is possible
1: also the same He is also the same one. Someone put it together, a montage of clips of him saying, the country runs better under Democrats. When Bill Clinton was in office, it's the best our time I ever, you know, had was money. And Hillary Clinton Clinton makes a great secretary, blah, blah, blah. She's a great woman to run this country, da, 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 da.
0: Well, that's probably
1: when he was trying to run as a Democrat, they wouldn't have him. That would be my guess. this This is back way before he was running for office. But, um, yeah, he's saying
0: the, the country runs better under a Democrat. Well, now, and, you know, when you
1: play that, those soundbites for people, they, they just say, that's not Trump saying that. Yes, it was.
0: But, no, he, he was probably running for office, no. but he was probably when he was trying to run as a Democrat. But, you know... Now, this
1: was back whenever Bill Clinton was in office. So, that's how long ago that was.
0: But... Then there's also, what was I going to say? Something with him. I don't know now, but I had something in my mind. I was getting ready to say it, and it was. Anyways, we'll we'll move on. Another ridiculous item is movies that are planned. This is from InsideTheMagic.net. Crayola is making a Gen Z sci-fi movie. That's right. Crayola Crayons are making their own movie. Okay, I'm giving this side eye. What's up with that? I'm trying to see if it says... This, again, inside themagic.net, it says as though that were not odd enough, it also seems that the newly founded Crayola Studios is not doing the expected thing and making a movie about an anthropomorphic crayon who goes on adventures with other articles of art supplies and learns something about life, but is instead making a science fiction movie. Per Deadline, Crayola is teaming up with MIMO Studios to produce a feature film adaptation of The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, the popular sci-fi children's podcast by Jonathan Messenger. The series follows Finn Caspian, an 8-year-old who explores the Marlowe 280 Interplanetary Exploratory Space Station with his friends Abigail Elias and Vale and Robot Foggy, solving mysteries and encountering alien beings along the way. Crayola's EVP of Marketing, Victoria Lozano, says that, quote, As world leaders in creative self-expression, the establishment of Crayola Studios is a logical, step, is a logical next step for us. It builds on plans announced last year to develop entertainment content that inspires and nurtures the next generation and helps them develop lifelong creative mindsets. Our unique perspective offers an exciting opportunity for the industry as it searches for standout new and trusted content that has creativity at its heart. So, how Crayola fits into all of that, I have yet to figure out.
1: In my mind, I'm like, how could a crayon company make a movie? That's like saying... Uh, This is like the equivalent in my mind. Uh, Prince's Mustard is starting its own movie production studio.
0: Pretty much. What? Like, I mean, if if they were going to do, like, short films for, like, YouTube or something, it might work. But this, I just, I don't get it. I don't get how Crayola... Because short Ah. films, they could use crayons as the characters. But if you're using crayons as the characters for a feature film... It's not going to work. And it may be that they actually do... going to be interesting. It may be like Barbie where they actually use people instead of the crayons, but then how does it fit with Crayola? You know, none, none of it really makes sense, so we'll have to wait and see on it. But anyways, there's more movies being planned. This is from Insider.com. Monopoly, Play-Doh, and all the other toys and games being turned into movies following the success of Barbie. Other movies coming soon include projects inspired by Monopoly, Play-Doh, and Beyblade. Mattel is also turning its toy chest into a movie universe.
1: Yeah, but I could see Barbie getting a movie. I mean, she's iconic. But Play-Doh?
0: Play-Doh's getting a movie. Monopoly's getting a movie. Of course, Hot Wheels has a film coming later this year, I believe. American Girl dolls, which I can see Mono- again, American Girl dolls, you can see that. Monopoly's can, kind of. I can see. Monopoly's kind of tough for a movie. I like can, Clue made sense as a movie. I don't know if Monopoly I,
1: does. I can possibly see a Monopoly movie. And kind of like really using real houses and and some kind of mystical powers or something or whatever. But, you know, but, and I could see an American Girl doll movie. I can see that. Um, I can also see an American Girl doll movie turn into something like Annabelle.
0: <laughs> well, another one that they're where they killing, where they start killing all their
1: children owners.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going down through the list and there's another one here from Hat that it says. <laughs> It, action Man was the UK's answer to the G.I. Joe action figures, and the brand was later acquired by Hasbro, so it's another Hasbro film, but Action Man does make sense as a film. Like, I can see them doing that. Beyblade, I don't really know enough about it to say one way or the other. I'm not familiar with it. I know there was an animated series, and of course, Transformers finally started working with, with um, Bumblebee, and then Rise of the Beasts was really good, but it's not as good as Bumblebee. But let's see what else they've got. I think there was supposed to be a GoBots movie. Uh, Maybe Clue? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is eyeing a new adaptation of the famous murder mystery game, so they are looking at another Clue movie. Polly Pocket American Girls, Hot Wheels, and more. Well, while they're at it,
1: won't they just do a strawberry shortcake
0: one? Uh, She's already had animated stuff.
1: Or, what's
0: that doll that's making a big big comeback now? Cabbage Patch Kid. Well, there's... I've, I clicked on it and it says, here are 17 live-action movies that have been announced and are in development. Of course, there most likely Anything will be a Barbie sequel. Um, Leela Dunham is directing a family comedy Polly Pocket movie starring Lily Collins. Mattel is making a... An Uno heist comedy with Lil Yachty—that just sounds terrible from the description. I'm sorry, but it—it it does not interest me. U- Uno heist. Me. Uno heist starring Lil Yachty. Get I don't Out, even know what that is. Get Out star Daniel Kaluuya is making an A two four type film about Barney, which I knew about that one. Tom Hanks. Yes, Tom Hanks is going to space in an upcoming Major Matt Mason movie, and I don't know what Major Matt Mason is, based on the 1960s astronaut action figure of the same name. I've never heard of that one before, but again, that one you can see. Magic Eight Ball is getting the horror treatment. Is it a cursed Magic Eight Ball? I'm guessing. I could. I could see that. Mattel is making a new live-action Masters of the Universe movie. Star Wars director J.J. Abrams is producing a, quote, gritty Hot Wheels film. Um, Christmas Balloon will be a true story. Boy, that just sounds thrilling. The family drama, which is based on a true story, follows a young girl living in a Mexican border town who tries to send a Christmas list to Santa via a balloon, but instead... The list is found by a couple in Arizona grieving the loss of their child. Eh, it gets better when you get the review, but I still don't know. Sounds like a Lifetime or Hallmark movie. Thomas the Tank Engine is also getting the live-action treatment at Marvel. Or at Mattel, rather, not Marvel. Vin Diesel is planning to join another franchise with a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. Wasn't that essentially that movie that Hugh Jackman was in? Wasn't that what this is? I can't remember what the name of it was, but they were fighting oh. robots. You know what I'm talking about. I don't remember about. that. Do you, know, do you not remember that? No, I don't. No. Um, American Girl is another doll getting the movie treatment. Borat co-writer Dan Mazer is working on a Big Jim movie. Mattel is not restricting itself I to its most famous game, yeah. toys because the company is also bringing back toys from the last century one of which is the muscly action figure Big Jim, which was created in the 1970s. Jason Bateman's production company is creating a movie based on the Chatty Cathy and Betsy Wetsy dolls.
1: Chatty Cathy. I did not know that that was a doll.
0: Yep. Matchbox is another toy car brand that Mattel intends to turn into a live action movie. And see... Mattel's Matchbox and Hasbro's Hot Wheels, they just sound like Fast and Furious wannabes. I don't know what they're going to be, but that's, that's the movie that comes to mind. Oh, here's another thrilling one. MGM and Mattel are also creating a movie about Viewmaster. No further details have been given about the movie since 2019. Wishbone, a 90s PBS TV series, is also being turned into a movie. Which, you get a dog in it, and it's a lot more to it. Mattel is also turning Boglins into a Gremlins-like movie. I don't even know what Boglins are. Okay. Uh, I'm, are you about ready to wrap this one up? I'm still going through. I th- yeah, that's that's the last one, but it says, the turning the gruesome toy hand puppets known as Boglins into a new movie and there are already numerous, quote, millennial directors and screenwriters who want to work on it. So, yeah. Let me... Let me see what that Hugh Jackman robot movie was. Real Steel. That was it. It was 2011. I don't remember that. Well, it was... Basically, they were boxing robots. Oh, Real quick, it's, this is in variety, but, you know, it's this is the story that surprised me that so many people did not understand was actually in the works all along. Because, you know, Patty Jenkins parted ways with Warners when her take on Wonder Woman didn't match their take, so she just decided to call it quits on it. Gal Gadot was... In an interview where she said that they are still looking into doing Wonder Woman 3. And I knew this all along because James Gunn has been saying that he really enjoyed her in the role. Wanted to do more with her. He respected her a lot. And he made it obvious that there was more plans to do with Wonder Woman. And we need more done with Wonder Woman because she's a fantastic character who needs to be loved. And... Also, we need more Um, female role models out there. How old is Gal Gadot getting right now? Uh, I can look it up. I don't know exactly. Let's see. She was born April 30th, 1985, making her 38. So, she still has a few years Uh, to go. Yeah. I mean... Yes, we all age, and we all age out of these roles that she's playing, but, yeah, I can, I can see her going for quite a while yet in that role. And she still looks great, so... Oh, she's beautiful. But, finally, I've got another comic book article here. This is from Skybound.com. James Tiny the Fourth and Martin Simmons launch Universal Monsters' Dracula comic book series. That's right, the Universal Monsters are coming to comic books. I'm trying to see who the publishing company is. Oh, it's Skybound Entertainment. So... Skybound Entertainment, the creator-led, fan-focused, multi-platform entertainment company, in partnership with Universal Products and Experiences, has announced Universal Monsters Dracula, a new four-issue comic book limited series from the best-selling Eisner Award-nominated team of James Tynion and the Fourth, who did World TR-33, Something is Killing the Children, and Martin Simmons, who did Swan Songs. The first issue will be available in comic book shops on Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. So, just in time for Halloween. And that is it for the entertainment. I do have a follow-up to last week's story. This is from The Wrap. Angus Cloud's mother says the Euphoria star did not die by suicide. And there's still been no cause of death determined but this article does say authorities received a 911 call at 11.30am that day in response to what was described as a medical emergency Cloud was pronounced dead at the scene Lisa also explained that the intent of her Facebook post was to put an end to online speculation about the nature of her son's death she began Friends, I want you all to know I appreciate your love for my family at this shattered time. I also want you to know that although my son was in deep grief about his father's untimely death from mesothelioma, his last day was a joyful one. And it does continue on from there, so... Still a lot of questions as to what happened, but hopefully the family at least finds peace in it. And with that, unfortunately, we do have quite a few passings this week, and I've left out a few as well. But first up is from New York Daily News. Broadway veteran Clifton Oliver dead at 47 after illness. It says, Broadway actor Clif- Clif- Clifton Oliver, who starred in productions of The Lion King, In the Heights, and Wicked, died Wednesday morning followed a- following an unspecified illness. He was 47. And that is way too young to be passing. Next up is from Hollywood Reporter. Mark Margolis, actor on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, dies at 83. You know, I was not a fan of any of those shows. I never watched one episode. But it does have him Better in... Call Saul's awesome. He was in Scarface. He was in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective... He was HIV-infected mob boss Antonio Napa on HBO's Oz. So, I mean, he's been in lots and lots of stuff here. Requiem for a Dream, The Fountain, uh, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, Black Swan, he was a fallen angel in Noah. So, most likely you know something that he was in. Next up is from Deadline. Sharon Farrell dies. Actress who starred in film It's Alive and on TV's The Young and the Restless was 82. Her death at 82 was only recently discovered by relatives. She died May 15th. Who posted And her relatives posted the news to Facebook, but they were unsure of the cause. That's really sad, too, that somebody who was in so much passed away, what, three months prior to the announcement being made publicly. Said she had roles in the films The Stuntman, Lone Wolf McQuaid, Marlowe, The Reavers with Steve McQueen, and Can't Buy Me Love. And Can't Buy Me Love was a good movie. Did you ever see that? Had Patrick Dempsey in it? Yeah. I really liked that movie. It's been a long time since I watched it, but it was a really good movie. Next up is from The Hollywood Reporter... William Friedkin, acclaimed director of The French Connection and The Exorcist, dies at 87. It says the Oscar winner, quote, never played by the rules, often to my own detriment, he said. See, he's, his pictures also included 1977's The Sorcerer and 1985's To Live and Die in L.A., plus 2006's Bug. He had a memoir in 2013 called The Friedkin Connection. Another huge name gone and I'm not seeing if there's a cause of death listed or not. I'm not seeing one if there is. Next up, and this one just came across this evening, and it was very sad when I saw it because I love her. KTLA.com, Brian Randall, Sandra Bullock's longtime partner, dies at 57 from ALS. Says Sandra Bullock's longtime partner, Brian Randall, has passed away after a private three-year battle with ALS. He was 57 years old. Randall died over the weekend and released a statement which which was obtained by People Magazine. Quote, It is with great sadness that we share that on August 5th, Brian Randall passed away peacefully after a three-year battle with ALS. Brian chose early to keep his journey with ALS private, and those of us who cared for him did our best to honor his request. The model-turned-photographer's family then thanked the healthcare workers who helped them through this time. And, you know... I can't imagine anybody not loving Sandra Bullock. But you've got to feel for her at this time. Yeah. It does say that she has two children, her 13-year-old son, Lewis and her 10-year-old daughter, Layla, both of whom are adopted. And for those who want to... According to People, Randall's family requests that loved ones make donations to the ALS Association and Massachusetts General Hospital in lieu of flowers. And then finally, the, the one I think was probably the best part of the TV show Benson, Ingus Benson has passed away at the age of 90. This is from People... The actress earned three Emmy nominations and one Golden Globe nod for her famous portrayal of Gretchen Krauss in Benson. Were you a Benson fan?
1: Oh, I loved watching Benson.
0: Would you not agree that she was like the the most important character outside of Benson in the show for the humor? it does say she passed away of natural causes while staying at a board and care facility in Los Angeles Um, after Benson the actress starred in other projects like North and South and Nutcracker, Nutcracker, Money, Madness and Murder and made appearances in episodes of New Heart, The Golden Girls and Hotel you know she played Rose's sister on Golden Girls yeah so lots of entertainment to enjoy from Ingas Svensson. And with that, we are done with the first half. We will be back we'll be reviewing the I'll be talking about Justice League Ruby, which is now on Max. We'll both be reviewing Heartstopper and did you get to see Your Mission Impossible? No. Okay, so we'll Don't have enough time. We'll be be doing those two and maybe talk about some other things just depending on what we get to. Because you know how we like to go on tangents. But, anyways, stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. First up, let's do the top 10 movies of the weekend. This is for the weekend of August 4th through the 6th, according to Box Office Mojo. At number ten, down from eight, is Elemental. Elemental with one point three million after eight weeks, one hundred forty-eight point four million dollars. Down from seven to nine is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's just over or just under one point six million in its sixth weekend for one hundred seventy point seven million. Up or down from six to eight is Talk to Me, six point two seven million in its second weekend for twenty two million one hundred thirty five thousand so far. Down from 5 to 7 is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. This is so far the lowest grossing of the franchise, I believe. $6.6 million in its fourth weekend, $151,161,282 to date. Down from 4 to 6 is Sound of Freedom, $7.5 million in its fifth weekend, for $164 million total. And let's just talk about that film for a second. Did you see the the crowdfunder guy got arrested for felony kidnapping charges. Exactly what this movie is about.
1: What's a crowdfunder?
0: Crowdfunder. He was... the. It was a crowdfunded film. Let me... I shared it on Facebook. Let me look it up real quick. It's from com: funder of conservative cult film arrested for the very thing the movie is about. Fabian Marta, who donated to the crowdfunded drama Sound of Freedom, was arrested on felony kidnapping charges. Newsweek reports Fabian wow. Marta, a 51-year-old resident of Missouri, was apprehended earlier this week on charges of child kidnapping. Marta, one of the numerous investors who participated in crowdfunding the film's theatrical distribution, played a pivotal role in driving the movie's popularity. Notably, his name is credited in the film as one of the investors who helped bring Sound of Freedom to theaters. Marta openly showcased his support for the film on social media and even boasting about his contributions. Seems he didn't learn a thing, did he? Was the child his, though? Uh, no, it was... I, I've already closed out, but it was somebody else, I'm pretty sure. I don't even... Because it's a child, I don't even know if they'll say... I mean, I could understand if it's his own daughter and his, and his wife won't grant him any kind of... you know, with his daughter. I could understand that. Is currently confronted with Class A felony charges which could potentially lead to a life sentence in prison. Marta's bill was set at $15,000... But Newsweek noted that he was "quote released on personal recognizance following an initial appearance on July 24th, and the quote nature of the incident of the criminal the nature of the incident the criminal case relates to is not clear." So there is no word on whose it is. But well, I, I, it sounds domestic to me, and that's what I'm getting at it from. So. Um, if he had a court order against it, then he has a court order against it, and that's not the way to go about it. So yeah, but sorry. You
1: know how some people, some people can be complete, utterly bitches and hold their children against them.
0: Yeah, but when, when it's the the QAnon crowd funding this film, and acting in it and everything else, yeah, I have no sympathy for them. Sorry, I just don't. Well, Anyway, next. But down from three to five is Haunted Mansion, 9.2 million in its second weekend for just over 42 and a quarter million so far. Debuting at number four is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 28 million over the weekend. Its five-day total, 43 million dollars. Down from two to three is Oppenheimer, which IMAX just extended the release for this film in IMAX due to its enormous success. Third weekend, $29,121,040. For a grand total so far, $228,989,660. Meg to the Trench is debuting at number two, $30,002,735. And it has gotten horrible reviews. And of course, holding at number one, now the first film directed by a female to gross more than a billion dollars worldwide, Barbie. Third weekend is $53,008,647, for a grand total in the U.S., $459,390,060. And I've pulled up the top three. Oppenheimer, its domestic, is 41.2% of the gross, International's 327207000 for 58.8% of the gross, over $556 million for Oppenheimer so far. MEG 2, I'm not sure what the budget was, but its domestic take was only 20.6% of the gross. International $115.7 million was 79.4% of the gross, making it $145.7 million so far worldwide. Barbie? Okay, Chris. What? Go ahead, go ahead. Barbie is at 44.4% of the domestic take. The international take is 574.2 million, which is 55.6%, for a grand total worldwide $1,033,590,060. Now, the reason I was saying the worldwide takes is because of the fact that Greta Gerwig is the first female director to get a billion dollars worldwide on her film whereas Wonder Woman should have been remember Barbie is the international take is 55.6% the domestic take is 44.4% Wonder Woman because it was not received well and not even played in multiple countries the domestic take is fifty point two percent the international take was only forty nine point eight percent so they lost a lot of money in the international market four hundred twelve million eight hundred forty five thousand one hundred and seventy two dollars in the domestic market four hundred ten million nine thousand one hundred fourteen dollars in the worldwide or in the international for a worldwide total of eight hundred twenty two million eight hundred fifty four thousand two hundred and eighty six dollars so I've I've put on Facebook where I saw that Barbie was the first to do it. I was like, it should have happened in 2017. And you know, I had somebody call me a woman hater for that. I was like, how am I a woman hater when I'm celebrating a film by a female director that is about a heroic woman who is a great role model and that I wanted this to have happened six years ago? But. But that's the kind of hate you deal with on it.
1: Okay, I want you to look at
0: what?
1: I want you to look at something for me while you're in there.
0: Um, MI. What's the world total on that? I have to go back and pull it up because I used that to search Wonder Woman. Mission Impossible. The domestic take is 30.6% of the gross. International total is 342.8 million, which is 69.4%. The worldwide total four hundred ninety three million nine hundred sixty
1: three
0: thousand two hundred eighty two dollars. Not too bad, I guess. No, but it's. Hey, I, you didn't mention Indiana
1: Jones. Did Indiana Jones just fall off the top?
0: 10? No, it was in there. It was number nine.
1: Oh, was it? What yes. Was it
0: take? The domestic is forty six point three percent, one hundred seventy point seven million. International take is fifty three point seven percent. Just over one hundred and ninety eight million the worldwide total is three hundred sixty eight million eight hundred eight thousand four hundred and thirty eight dollars. And again, you see a trend here. I'm really surprised, but, I'm really... but you see I'm really the trend. Every every film has I'm been be... bigger in the international market than they are in the domestic market. Except Wonder Woman. I don't get it because Indiana Jones
1: is such a beloved character. It seems like they are the, you know You
0: know, celebrated him more. Well, it's Disney this time, which hurts it. It's the last movie, The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, was just flat out terrible. And it's. Besides that, it's a franchise that's old.
1: Were they Paramount films before? Yes. Yes, Paramount
0: had it before. I know the first three. Let me look up Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and see. That one was 2008. Paramount Pictures. and now that Paramount anymore it's Disney. Yeah, the, the new one is Disney. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Directed by James Mangold. Oh, so it. Steven Spielberg is not even involved in this one. I don't know if that heard it too. I'm sure it did. See what the budget was. The Dial of Destiny's box office has exceeded 302 million worldwide, passing its estimated production budget of 295 million. So it's still making its money back. It made
1: its money back, but damn, it should have done
0: better than that. Well, like I said, it's an old franchise. Interest has waned. It's Disney. Spielberg's not involved. The last one was terrible. I mean, there's there's a lot of justification for it to have not made as much this time around. Yeah, but 2008
1: was... That was, what, 14, 15 years ago?
0: 15. So, yeah, it's... Anyways. It, and there again, 15 years... You're losing more of your crowd. I mean... Yeah, but look, well, that's not really a fair comparison, Look like at Top Gun. Well, Top Gun's not a fair comparison, because it's the exception to the rule. I mean, it
1: was over 20-something, 20, what, 25 years the new one
0: came right, out? It was, what, 89 when the first one came out? So it was more than 20 years for sure. Hey,
1: Siri, when did the first Top Gun come out?
0: Was it 88? It might have been 87. Top Gun? 1986.
1: May 16th, 1986.
0: Was it was 86? I was thinking it was more recent than that. So, if the second one came out in 2022, that was 26 years in between. But of course... COVID delayed it for a long time, too. It was supposed to come out, what, 2020? Yeah. Was it 2020 that it was supposed to come out? And they kept delaying it? Yeah, they kept delaying it, yeah. And see, there again, that's another thing. They kept delaying it and kept delaying it and kept delaying it, and interest grew, whereas usually interest wanes. Like, if you keep shelving a project, it usually knocks the interest down on it. But... With Top Gun, it, hey, it grew
1: the interest. did Top Gun Two gross at the box office? I found two: three hundred fifty-seven million two hundred eighty-eight thousand one hundred seventy-eight Q four thousand nine hundred seventeen, and one hundred eighty million two hundred fifty-eight thousand one hundred seventy-eight Q four thousand nine hundred seventeen. That didn't tell me shit because I know when we're out a billion dollars.
0: Top Gun Maverick box office. Almost one and a half billion US dollars worldwide. 1.5 billion? Yep. 1.493. You said one and a half million. That's a flat. One and a half billion, 1.493. It's almost 1.5 billion. You
1: know what I'm saying is that I
0: heard you say 1.5 million. I, I may have, but I meant billion. I, I knew they Excuse said Barbie me. was the second highest grossing film of the year. Do you realize what was number one so far? That's that damn Mario movie. Yeah. But, worldwide... Barbie is catching up quick. Because their worldwide total is $1,353,547,761. She's got like $350 million to go. I well,
1: don't pass passing this way.
0: Most likely. And when I heard that Margot Robbie sold it to the studio saying it would be a billion dollar movie, I didn't think she was right. I was like, it'll be a success because it looks good, but I don't think it'll make a billion. Boy, she proved me wrong, didn't she? I never
1: thought it makes 500
0: million. But number three film so far for the year is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And number five is The Little Mermaid. Oppenheimer's in at number seven. And see, this just proves. That people hate DC just to hate DC when Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is the eighth highest grossing film of the year. Okay, question. How many of those films, in the top five is Disney films? Um two, four and five. And Guardians of the Galaxy oh, no. Volume Three was Marvel, so it has that. It had the built in audience. It's not just Disney. The Little Mermaid I was, say, was you number as five. As well
1: say that's a, you might as well go ahead and say that's a Disney film too, because Disney owns
0: Marvel. What? Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I was counting. I did not count Spider-Man Across the Spider Verse because it's Sony Films that did that. Columbia Pictures. I'm talking about Guardians. I'm talking about Guardians the Galaxy. I, that was that, that was number four, and, and Little Marvel. Mermaid was number five. Those are the two Disney films I was talking about. But yeah, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is Sony Pictures, so I did not count it. But how Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania has made that much money, I do not understand, because that movie was flat-out terrible. Like, it was just I bad. I did get to see it, and it was... I did get to see it, and it did suck. I've got to tell you that. Yeah, the effects are terrible, so the story was terrible. It, it was just I mean, they 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 really. just want to hit CGI the actors. They really screwed up everything with that. And it's like I was talking at work the other day. It seems like the third film just loses every time. Spider Man 3, Superman 3, Ant Man 3. They just. There's so many where the third film is so bad.
1: Except the rule of the Avengers.
0: Uh, Infinity War I wasn't overly thrilled with and Endgame had so many plot holes in it as the fourth film and Infinity War yeah, and, huge. and Endgame were pretty much the same story so it's just a two-parter more than so yeah, I they did huge at the box office but they weren't that great like I thought the Avengers kept getting worse, whereas other people thought, "Oh, Infinity Game and then in- Infinity War and Endgame were greatest films ever made." No, they weren't even close.
1: I enjoyed seeing them at the theater.
0: They were you not know, close. I enjoy
1: watching them now, just on TV.
0: The like I said, Endgame had so many plot holes in it. But to prove my point, DC's first film on the chart for the year-end totals, is The Flash at number 19. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is 26. Grossing film. They should have, but word of mouth helped kill them because people will only go see things in the box office if they really get good reviews... Because they're not willing to go anymore. Like demand for theaters has not really come back. I mean, we have two films this year have made over a billion dollars and this is August. Look back before the pandemic, how many films do we have that made over a billion dollars worldwide? Well, there's a couple films during the pandemic that hit over a billion dollars. Like yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, but I'm saying before the pandemic, you had multiple films hit over a billion dollars worldwide. Now you have two. You have two films this year that hit. Which is Barbie
1: a and, Barbie and M- Mario brothers,
0: yep. I guess. And I mean, that that could go yeah, up, yeah. but like you had. Every Star Wars film hit over a billion, it seems like. The Marvel films were hitting over a billion dollars. Black Panther hit over $700 million in the U.S. alone. I mean, Aquaman hit over a billion dollars. There were a lot of movies that did hit over a billion dollars every year. Now you get, like, two. So... Box office has been changed drastically by the, the pandemic, because people found out that it's not that long to wait for it to hit streaming, and they can see it without having to pay all of this extra money and deal with other people in there, so hopefully Blue Beetle will, will do well, but it's not tracking well, so... But, I have yet to see where we
1: can you, we can watch the Maverick movie streaming online. That you ain't got to pay it for $20 to watch it.
0: Paramount Plus has had that thing for a long time. That's how I watched it. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I ain't
1: got Paramount Plus. I ain't, I ain't got
0: Paramount Plus. But that's where it's at. Because it's a Paramount film. For free? It's part of the service. If you subscribe to Paramount Plus, you get Top Gun Maverick on there. I don't
1: know, how much it is.
0: I don't know but you also get Showtime I ain't with it now.
1: Streaming. I ain't getting another streaming service. I ain't doing it.
0: Let's see. Try it free today. Try one week free. Let's see if it says. Uh, of course, Dr. Webb tells me it's a. Because it's a sponsored tells me it's a bad connection and let's see what 5.99 a month starting Paramount Plus Essential is 5.99 a month Paramount Plus with Showtime is 11.99 a month I don't
1: need Showtime
0: so without Showtime it's $6 a month And I don't know if they have a yearly subscription where you save money on it, but that's what they list on here. Yeah, there's... Oh, here's an annual plan. For a year, you get five ninety nine or fifty nine ninety nine a year. That's $5 a month. So you basically save $0.99 cents a month if you get it for a year.
1: Basically, I'm going to save
0: $12. Okay. With one week free, the Paramount Plus with Showtime is one hundred nineteen ninety nine a year, which is $10 a month, so you actually save about $2 a month on that one. I might have to look into that. But, <clears throat> but anyways, moving on, I'm going to talk about Justice League X, Ruby, Superheroes, and Huntsman Part 1. IMDb has it 5.3 out of 10 with 1,300 reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, there are three reviews on the tomato meter, but they do not have an average yet. The audience score of fewer than 50 ratings is 72%. Um, all three reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are fresh. I was not thrilled with this film. I've talked about it in the past. I am not an anime fan, I have never watched Ruby, so I knew nothing about what that was all about. They get transported to another dimension. The DC superheroes, when they get transported, become teenagers, but they still have their same intelligence and everything. I mean, it just there was a lot that did not make sense with this. I wasn't real thrilled with it. I didn't stay with my attention focused to it. The Um, The animation is pure anime, so yeah, it it was not a film that I was real thrilled with. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Will I watch part two? Doubtful. I just, I wasn't real thrilled with this. So, if you're an anime fan and you like DC Comics, you might like this. But, I didn't like the way they changed the powers of the superheroes... I didn't like the fact that I didn't know the characters from Ruby. I didn't like the anime. I mean, there was so much in this that just did not work for me. But I know there's a huge anime market, so, like I said, if you're an anime fan, you know Ruby, you know Justice League, watch it, you'll probably enjoy it. But it's just, it's not a film for me. And with that, we shall move I on. The
1: anime, the animated films to begin with.
0: Well, like I said, the, my adventures with Superman is anime, and they're changing the story up, and I'm just not at all thrilled with what they're doing. I've, I've watched every episode so far, and I'm just like, this, just, this is not my Superman. I'm, I'm losing interest as it goes along. So, But with that, we will move on to more pleasant news. Heartstopper returned with its second season. And, of course, you can watch all of the two seasons in eight hours. Like, you can't even watch one season of most shows in eight hours. But Heartstopper, two seasons, 16 episodes, you can get it knocked out in eight hours. So, that's a plus for it. Um, Netflix, or IMDb, has 8.6 out of 10 with over 64,000 reviews for Heartstopper. To the Rotten Tomatoes when season two premiered the average tomato meter was a hundred percent. It has since dropped to a whole ninety seven percent with the average audience score at ninety seven percent. Again this this is based on the graphic novels by Alice Oseman and uh gotta do spoiler alert because First season was basically Charlie develops the crush on Nick and works his way up to a relationship with Nick. Season two is Charlie and Nick in a relationship. And it explores Nick dealing with being bisexual and coming out because he's the big athletic guy, he's the on the rugby team and you know, he's more macho and people don't expect him to be. And, you know, the negative attitudes that go along with somebody being in the LGBT community, unfortunately, still persist. And unfortunately, seem to be coming back pretty strong. This second season, we got more of Corinna Brown as Tara. And more of Imogen. So they got to be a little bit more... Fleshed out in this, like all the friends seem to be more fleshed out this season. Um, my one of my favorite characters in the series, Jenny Jenny Walser, plays Tori Sprain, Charlie's sister. And the best way I can describe her is if Wednesday Adams were a real person, this is who she would be. And I know Paul said he only saw the first episode of season two because he went back and finished watching season three or season one. But you will see what I mean as it goes along. Like she is fantastic. Another big plus for me this season was we got to see a lot more of Olivia Coleman as Charl as Nick's mom. Um, we got introduced to Nick's brother. We got a new school teacher, Mr. Farouk introduced uh, the, the class goes to Paris. And what I didn't realize you was... You need to hush. Well, No, it's... What I didn't realize was that you could drive from England to France. Because there's water in between. I didn't realize there was an underground tunnel. Or an underwater tunnel. Did you know that? I
1: knew there's an underground tunnel, but I just did
0: not know where it was at. I, I had no clue, because... They said in it that something about going under under the water in the tunnel. So, but what did you think? I love it. I love the
1: episode where, um, I can't remember if it's the first one of this season or what. It's, it might be the last episode of the last season, because remember I had to watch the last three episodes to get to episode one of season two. I like it whenever, um, uh, oh god, is it, is it Charlie, Charlie's the,
0: the, which one or whatever? No, Nick is the, the rugby player. Charlie's the other
1: one. Nick, okay, Nick, Nick is out on the rugby
0: field. Had to be first season. he's desperately looking for Charlie. Huh? Had to be, I think it's the, the finale of the first season. He's having a problem. Should
1: have come out. Should have do this. Should have do that. Should have this. And then, you know, Nick keeps looking for Charlie, and there's Charlie standing on top of one of the picnic tables, looking at him. And he just drops what he's doing and runs to him. And in front of everybody, he just grabs him by the hands and just kisses him. I was like, "Oh my god, that was super awesome!" <laughs> so that was his way of coming out.
0: Uh it didn't really cool. didn't really stick because they don't know he's he's with Charlie in the second season as it starts. Well His, he did
1: kiss in front of that girl that he was supposed to go out with.
0: Well she she didn't remember in the second season.
1: So I mean she kissed he kissed him in front of her at that picnic table. I remember seeing
0: that. Oh. He comes out to her in the second season, so... Oh,
1: does he? Yep. So, yeah. So, it, it was good. I can't wait to watch the rest of them. And they're only like 20-some minutes piece, so it goes by
0: really quick. Yeah. Well, some of them, some of them are a little over 30, some of them are under 30, so like I said, within eight hours, you can see the whole two seasons. And... Yeah. Honestly, I highly recommend this series. It's... Like I said, I found out about it because ComicBook.com was talking about it because it's based on the graphic novels. It's not a superhero story at all. So when you think comic books, you tend to think superheroes. No, there's a lot more to comic books than superheroes. And that's what this is. And it's it's a great romance story. There's a lot of comedy in it. It's a great coming-of-age story. There's it's great family bonding story, it's great at showing different feelings within the family of these characters. I mean, they do everything so well with this. I mean, there's even the gay bashing scenes in the first one. Yeah, it it doesn't seem forced. Everything everything flows smoothly, and I mean, it's. I I really enjoy it and. I highly recommend it to anybody, like, of course people are going to have a problem with the gay romance with the teens, but if you you can get past that, because, I mean, why shouldn't you be able to? I mean, if you can deal with a straight couple on TV, you should be able to deal with a gay couple on TV is the way I see it. It's the same thing, just one's the same sex, the other one's opposite sexes. And if you have an issue with it, that's on you. But you're missing out on a fantastic series if you don't watch this. And it might open your minds and hearts as well if you watch it. But,
1: it is cute and I
0: enjoy it. But, and, because I don't know if we, we mentioned it, Justice League X Ruby is on Max, and Heartstopper is on Netflix. Did you have any other things you want to talk about with this one, or no? I mean, I just like it. Just I just like how it just feels natural. They're just
1: it's not even like they're acting. It, it, that's how good they are with the back and forth, you know, laying in the bed, messaging each other on the iPhones, and you know, sending a message and just looking at the iPhone to see if it's going to come through, and you keep pulling down on the screen, pulling down on the screen. I'm like. That, that's me sometimes, you know. It's like, I'm pulling down on the screen, it's like,
0: are they going to text me back, you know? So, it's, yeah, it's... I get it. It's, it's, it's a good show. It really is. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I've been suggesting it to multiple people. I'm like, you really need to watch this. It's such a good show, so well written. And also, really good benefit to it is... Alice Oseman, who wrote the graphic novels, is writing the series. So, well, that's good. it is the actual person who created this that is writing this. So, you don't often get that. Let me go into the cast now, this here. this
1: is a this is um, filmed in um, England.
0: Yes. And I'm looking at the writing so. credits. It says series writing credits. Alice Oseman has all 16 episodes. Lauren James has eight episodes as story consultant. So it literally is written by the woman
1: who created it.
0: That's super cool. Country of origin, United Kingdom. Filming locations, Hearn Bay, Kent, England in the UK, Windsor in the UK, Burnham Park, Slough, England UK, London UK, and Paris, France. I knew they were filming in Paris. There was no way they could have faked that one. So, most of it is filmed in the UK, but they do have the Paris episodes filmed in Paris.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: So, again, I highly recommend it. I say if, if you do enjoy this show, definitely keep watching it because it is renewed for a third season. There are four books... And each season is one of the books. So, if you want to see all four books translated, they need to get the views on seasons three and four. So, watch it, watch it over, tell your friends to watch it. Make sure they realize there is an audience for this. And, like I said, it gets really good reviews everywhere 8.6 out of 10 with 64,000 reviews on IMDb. That's really good. So, but with that, I do believe we're finished. Do you have anything else you wanted to discuss?
1: No, not really. Not that I can think of right now. I I couldn't think of that food item, so maybe I can think of it between now and the next show.
0: And not forget it? I hope not. But with that, I do believe we are finished.
1: Hopefully by next time... uh, Hopefully by next time,
0: our new broadcast system will be fixed. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with it tonight. And again, apologize for the, the audio quality this week. But it was going to take us 20 hours to get through because every four or five minutes it was cutting off. So at yeah. least this way we got it recorded and we can go on. And of course, we've got two weeks, so hopefully they'll get all the bugs worked out within the two weeks.
1: I think it has something to do with all those power outages and stuff from the set for storms because there's tons of power outages right now.
0: It could be maybe but it
1: affected one of the servers or something.
0: I I don't know. It, so <laughs> okay. But anyways, until next time, goodbye everybody. Goodbye.